$210 for a day at the park? We're breaking this madness down and even sharing ways that you can balance things out with a few extra savings. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and to my right, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Heyo! Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, though, we do like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, his opinions are fully his own. Henry! How's it going, man? Uh, they're going okay. Yeah? Yeah. Not bad? Not bad. Good day? Good day. Well, I have some news. I have an upcoming trip planned. It's official. Nice. Yes. Always good. Always good news before launching into the craziness. So I can confirm I will be going to Orlando and visiting the Disney World Resort at the end of uh, April, early May. So it's be, it'll be like a week. I've got like four days at the various different parks with like a half day here and a half day there. And then I've got a couple of extra days to play with. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of juggling around a few extra ideas. Like, do I go, do I go with um, more days at the, the various parks? Do I try to get another ride on Rise of the Resistance by getting to Hollywood Studios super <laughs> early? Or do I completely mix things up and do uh, Universal Orlando? Or do I go completely in a different direction and say hit up SeaWorld in Orlando and then go to Tampa for uh for Bush Gardens. I'm 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 juggling all of this. I would actually uh I put in a vote for uh Universal. Yeah? Yeah, just cuz they have uh I've never had a chance to see the like their Harry Potter land really? which uh I believe is like crazy much uh, a lot bigger than the one here in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. And I think it actually flows into two parks. Yeah. So uh, I've never had a chance to see that. Plus, uh, I did I did really enjoy Islands of Adventure the last time I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Spider-Man ride there is amazing. They tried to use something like that here when they did the Transformers ride right. in Hollywood. And it's just didn't work as good as the Spider-Man ride did. Man. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know if it's my bias against the Bay formers uh, <laughs> or, uh, which I don't think so. I think, I think it's just that, um, Spider-Man works so much better yeah. with it than, you know, than the transformers did. Right. Uh, but then also, uh, again, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, like the incredible Hulk coaster is actually pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've heard really good things. I, I also have not been to, I, I have not been to universal in, I mean, last time I was in Orlando for, and visited universal uh, islands of adventure wasn't even a thing. So mm. it, uh, it's definitely been a while there too. I mean, that, that's the same case for, uh, visiting Disney World. I've only been to Magic Kingdom. So this will be my first time checking out Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, uh, I've never seen any of those either. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself that uh, I think when I did go there, there were the different parks, but we really only like 
had like a one day uh, ticket because it wasn't really well planned when I went there. Right. It was, I mean, it was fun. Uh, Magic Kingdom to me is not <laughs> as good as the our Disneyland, mm-hmm. but I never got a chance to see. Like I always wanted to see Epcot, yeah, and all the different uh, like parts of the world. I guess, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. the world showcase. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it it'll be interesting because I mean, as we've talked about, Epcot is totally in um, under a. Uh, massive amount of refurbishing. So there's definitely going to be a lot of work going on there. So it's probably not like the best first impression, but I mean, I'll, I'll get it. I don't think this will be my last time visiting, uh, visiting there. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm definitely considering doing universal. That's like, I feel like that's probably where I'm leaning as, as my kind of secondary park to visit to. I think the only hesitation that I have is because I also do a lot of ride POVs for my website, Adventures in VR. You should check it out on YouTube. Uh, but um, And they are notoriously stingy for cameras on rides as opposed to Disney, which is kind of, for the most part, wide open, at least in the U.S. parts mm. uh, parks. There's a couple of rides that they are not so thrilled with and ask you not to record on, but uh, universal pretty much across the board is like, don't bring cameras on rides. Don't record anything. Mm. Um, both Bush and sea world are a little more lax with it. I think they're, they're not quite as open as Disney, but generally speaking, as long as you have a camera that's attached to you, either with like a chest kind of contraption or with a wrist strap, they're, they're pretty open with it. So mm. Um, I think the only downside is like Bush, you got to drive like an hour, which is a bummer, but, um, okay. but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I might also stop at So Drawn to Life, which is that Cirque du Soleil uh, show is going to be opening in, I want to say it's March. So I might buy a ticket to that uh, and check that out and report back. So I don't know, man, there's a lot going on. Uh, uh, I'm super pumped also. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway Railway is going to oh, be yeah. open there at uh, Hollywood Studios. So I am I'm I'm ready to snap a fast pass for that as soon as my window opens up. Uh, give us a nice preview for um, for uh, when it opens here in Toontown in L.A. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, it, I mean, I was like looking at the um, all the build up for that. Um but uh, it seems like something that, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of disappointed that it's going to take so much longer to come open here because I think it's, what, 2013? I mean, 2023 or I think something. it's 2022, but okay. it feels like it's 2020. I mean, it's they announced yeah, it's it They announced it uh, last year, and, and it, like outside of D23, it was just like, hey, guess what? We're also... This is coming to Toontown. I mean, I know that they are doing some pretty heavy refurbishments of Toontown as part of this. It also involves kind of, uh, I think they're not removing anything, but they're doing some kind of reshuffling with some of the backstage areas. So Mm. maybe that construction is a little more complicated, but regardless, I'll get a nice kind of like two-year preview of uh, (laughs) of the ride before it opens up here. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we, we are getting Avengers Campus, so... That's I guess true. that's kind of the the caveat that we get that, but we got to wait a little longer for uh, Mickey and Minnie's. Oh, 
I want everything now. I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is, well, it's, I should say, it's uncharacteristic of Disney to have such a long tail announcement like this, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, it makes sense if it's like Galaxy's Edge or Avengers Campus, but I mean, to like what we've been talking about, uh, we've only been hearing about Avengers Campus for a few months at this point, so... Um, we don't even have tons of details on it. So it's crazy to think that we have not only the fact that we know when it's going to open, but that we have a lot of the details of the ride, probably because it's also opening in Orlando. But we still have a lot of unique details that are specific to Disneyland, and it's like still so far away. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I mean, so it has been a pretty crazy week in general. So much has gone on. I mean, we could talk about how Fast Pass and Max Pass has been announced to come to Autopia. It's coming to Monsters, Inc. in California Adventure, and it's coming to Smuggler's Run as well in Disneyland. We're not going to talk about that. We could talk about how we're starting to get a clear picture of what Frozen Land at Walt Disney Studios in Paris is going to look like. We've got documents. We've got some sketches that have leaked out. We're not going to talk about that. We could also talk about how some of the plans are coming together for annual kingdom celebration of the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. We're not going to talk about that either because during this last week, we got news and it's news that all Disney park goers fear the most, but we know it comes every year and it just landed Prices are going up. I should say they've ha they have gone up already. They're in place at all U.S. Disney parks. It happens every year, February, March. Just like my rent. Oh, it's, well, it's gone up <laughs> this year. Especially feels like it's just it's 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 pretty nuts. It's gotten ridiculously crazy. I'm gonna go over it. I made I had to make a whole printout with all of this because there was no way I could memorize this. Yeah. <laughs> Disney World is like a tiny little thing. Disneyland is insane. Look yeah. at these price differences. They're crazy. And not just because they've happened. Anytime that the price goes up, you kind of expect it, especially in this year of Galaxy's Edge happened last year. Rise of the Resistance has just opened. We have, we've talked about it. We have Avengers Academy opening up at Disneyland. We've got a full, uh, almost like relaunch of Epcot happening right now. So big things are happening in these Disney parks. And whenever big things happen, it always makes sense that like, okay, well, we're going to have to charge a little bit more. And like I said, it happens every year. We get it. Totally makes sense. But like I said, it, it doesn't make it sting any less, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, plus, on top of that, I believe they also have a at uh, some point a new parking structure opening up in uh, Disneyland. Uh, so, I think it did open. Did it open finally? I think it did. Yeah, I think it was part of. Uh, may have opened like right after Galaxy's Edge opened. Opened sometime last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, still uh, got to pay for that. More construction. I mean, there's just it's. I mean, you know, it's uh, as great as it is that we're kind of achieving Walt's vision of kind of these parks consistently evolving and not uh, ever being officially completed. We got to pay for it somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's start off at Disney World and just and just start going through these. Like I said, Disney World in general 
didn't get it too bad. It's, 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 it makes sense, but let's go through these. We're going to start off slow and then we're going to get wild by getting into Disneyland resort. So starting off and looking at annual pass prices, they've seen a little bit of an increase, both the platinum and the platinum plus have increased by $75. So that puts the platinum at 1,195 and the platinum plus, which gives you access in addition to the four parks, to the water parks, to the wide world of sports complex, to the golf courses, that's gone up to 1,295. And then you also have these, the Florida resident passes, which depending on kind of where and what pass you have has gone up somewhere between zero and $20. So Florida resident, not too bad. Others, 75 bucks. It's a spicy meatball, especially if you're looking at, uh, especially if you're a West Coaster looking at, you know, those prices. Uh, that's that's pretty expensive. I mean, that puts it close to kind of our, our top tier pass. But there's, there's much more options as we'll go through for Disneyland. Um, but still... Totally sane. Also, park hopping prices have gone up by $5. So that puts a one-day ticket with a park hopper. Now it's $65 or $85 for a park hopper plus. A two- to three-day ticket with park hopper is now $75 or $95 with park hopper plus. And a four- to ten-day ticket with park hopper is now $85 with 105 being park hopper plus. Not too crazy. Mm-mm. Totally sane. I think if we were to experience something like that at Disneyland, you would not be seeing articles in the news with their hair on fire. Oh, yeah. Freaking out about everything. That's that's relatively sane. And, I mean, I guess it it, it makes sense. It's a, it's a price increase that you can kind of get along with. Yeah, it's not too hard of a pill to swallow. Are you ready to get wild? Are you ready to experience a hard pill to swallow? Let's get wild. All right. Disneyland. So first off, Max Pass, exclusive to Disneyland. It's a paid digital fast pass system. It has increased to $5 for single day use and $25 for the annual pass add-on. So that puts it now at $20 for that single day. And $125 if you want to add it on to your annual pass as a add-on. What's your initial thought on this? I'm curious. Well, I I mean, that's that's pretty rough. I mean, because you're because you know, that's not just a, a $20 a day for everybody. Uh that's $20 a day for each ticket. And you can't just have like one person has it. Everybody has to have it. So it's pretty rough. You know, I thought when it first released, it wasn't it like $10, $10 when it first came out. God, I, and I don't even think that uh, I remember it when it went up to 15, I was just like, this is $15 now. Yeah. I uh, think so. It's, I want to say it's been out for two years and maybe each year, Maybe not even that. I think maybe it because it did spend at first it was like ten dollars for a while. Then it went to fifteen. It didn't last at that fifteen dollars too long. Yeah, I mean at ten dollars, I I feel like okay, I I can you know I, I don't mind paying ten dollars. You know that's that's not too bad. Uh, 
Uh, once you get into $15 territory, I'm like, mm, do I really need it? Maybe if the day's bad, I'll use, I'll get it. And then now at the $20 price, it's like, I can walk. <laughs> I can go get, I can just go get a ticket. And you're not a, you're not a max pass person very much anyway. No. I mean, when we've gone, I've only gotten it like, uh, the day, if it's, if it looks like it's going to be a really busy day, then I'll get it. Um, cause otherwise, you know, I'll just go and walk over to the station and zap my ticket and, and that's fine for us. Right. Uh, cause I mean, we're, we like rides, but we're not, as long as I get to ride uh radiator Springs, my one day, once a per day, it's like, I'm good. I mean, and radiator Springs is, it's a pretty good, consistent single day, uh, sorry, single rider option as well. Yeah. But you know, I get one ride per day on it. I'm, I'm good. You're riding with the missus. Yes. Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, so. $15 per day makes sense still for me. It was like, it, but you're right. It's at that border of like, maybe I don't need this, but you know, I, I get very OCD about, you know, ensuring that I kind of have my day pretty well planned out. And so if I have fast pass options that are kind of there and I know at specific points I have fast passes during specific times um, that I don't have to run across the park to grab and can kind of get a better lay of the land. It helps me block out the rest of my day. If I know that in two hours I have a fast pass for Indiana Jones adventure, then, um, you know, that helps me kind of start to rationalize like, okay, I can fit Jungle Cruise in because that's a 20 minute wait. Okay. I can fit in uh haunted mansion because that's a 30 minute wait. Okay. I can fit, you know what I mean? Like it just, it helps me to better kind of get my mind around time, which is a hard thing to do yeah. sometimes for me at Disneyland. I think for me, the, the more the pain point on this one is, is that uh max pass really, cause like, for us, it's we're only dealing with like you, one person, us, two people. But Max Pass really helps the family. Yeah, you got like two or three kids that you know. Max Pass makes it easier to keep everybody together and get that fast pass for everybody. But then you're also looking at spending like so much money for that now. Uh, like at ten dollars, you know, you got four people, five people, that's 40 to $50 per day. Even at, uh, like now, now you're looking at with $20, that's like another, almost another ticket you're buying of a uh, hundred dollars for five people a day. Uh, that's, that's substantial. Yeah. We definitely see, and we're, we're, we'll see more of this as we go down the list of kind of, um, single day tickets where, you know, that when you start multiplying these differences by uh, large numbers of family members, yeah, it's definitely going to start to sting. But it sounds like what you're saying is that $20 has pushed, at least for you, MaxPass into a don't buy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like at that point where like, do I, it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's a kind of a... Um, you're looking at something, there's a, a price point where I say like, okay, that's not too bad. 
you know, five to ten dollars for me is like okay, I can afford that. At five, at ten dollars, would that just be you'd buy it with your ticket? You're buying your ticket, and it says, "Hey, do you want to add Max Pass for ten bucks?" Yeah, I could do that. That's ten dollars, that would have been. Yeah, right. um, but when you get into like fifteen, uh, definitely at twenty dollars, it's one of those things where I start to think of like how much stuff outside of the ticket I could buy with 15, $20, like $20. That might be a meal for us. It's a bottle of water. No, I, uh, I'm totally with you. Uh, even $15 was kind of, like I said, um, a kind of just, I'd buy that. I'd probably buy it along with my ticket. $20 is like, unless it's a really rough day, um, I'm probably not going to purchase it. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day, you know, those uh, steam having those uh, steam sales sales. Yeah. And uh, I always said like $5 is my impulse buy limit. <laughs> yeah. if, it, if it's at $5, sure, I'll yeah. get it. I'll buy it. I may never play it, but at $5, I don't feel too bad if I don't play it yeah. at $10 or more. That's not impulse buy anymore. That's me thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually ever play this game. I think it's the same thing with uh, the Max Pass. Is like, am I going to be around enough? Am I going to get enough out of this? Is it worth the headache of trying to connect to the, you know, make sure that my phone is connecting to the internet, especially with the spotty uh, connections in uh, California Adventure and yeah, stuff yeah. like that? And, uh, I'm not getting a good connection. I missed that fast pass that I wanted. You know, it's like, yeah. I will say the, the, I, the kind of question with Max Pass now is really like, how much do you value the photo pass that comes with it? Because if you value it heavily, like if, like we were saying, if you're a family that um, really wants to take advantage of collecting all of your photos, you don't need anything uh, physically, you're fine with like digital photos. The photo pass being included in that price of Max Pass is pretty cool. You could immediately link your. Um, your images that are being taken either by Disney photographers or on rides to your phone and just download it directly. It's pretty convenient. So if that, maybe that balances it out. It doesn't for me, but if you're, like I said, like you're saying, if you're a family that's going there, really wants to collect those memories and and take those photos with them back home, it it might still make sense. Yeah. But I think what that does is that kind of pushes it out of, of everybody gets it that day or you just get one person who gets it. Um, so I guess in that case you would just get one person who would buy it and then they would get the, all the photos and just link it to their account. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. That's a good, it's a good money savings tip. Yeah. Uh, so going down the list here. So annual pass holders are getting a mix of price bumps depending on their specific flavor of pass. So, uh, we've got the select, which increases by twenty dollars, which is now four hundred and nineteen. So that's kind of like the the standard local pass now. Uh, the flex uh, has increased by fifty dollars to six hundred and fifty. So luckily, when I was at Disneyland in January, I picked up my flex at the six hundred dollar rate, so I didn't have to pay for it. But I mean, that's fifty dollars is a pretty sizable uh, increase. Increase, yeah. We've got uh, the Deluxe, which uh, increases by $30 to $829. We've got the Signature increasing by $50 to 
$1,199. We've got the Signature Plus increases also by $50 to $1,449. And then we've got the Premier, which increases by $100. Premier, of course, is gives you access to both coasts. $100 to $2,099. And of course, extra $125 if you're throwing the uh, the max pass on top of that. Well, I think if you've gotten that far, the 125 Actually, I think the max pass onto an annual pass isn't bad. Yeah, you just have to you have to factor in how many times you're going to the park. And if you go to the park enough where it makes sense to spend, you know, you're going to spend over $125, you're going to go, uh, what, uh, six times or more, then, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, usually your trip, you're there at least a couple of days or something. So I think if you're going enough to make an annual pass worth getting, then putting the max pass on top of that is actually probably the, the best way to go anyways. Yeah. Um, so you're making me feel bad for not adding flex now or max pass to my flex. <laughs> Damn it. I should have. Oh, I should have checked in with you. Why didn't I? So even with that, that's, those are pretty standard increases. Max pass has happened before. We've seen that increase. We talked about annual passes always make sense that those are going to see an increase. So now here's where things get a little crazy. So single day tickets. Previously, we had three different tiers, right? You had value you had regular and you had peak depending on the season. More crowded days are going to be more expensive. Less crowded days are going to be cheaper. Now there are five tiers. They don't even name them now. It's just tier one through. It's not even, uh, there's no name even to them. It's just, hey, tier five, get ready to shell. Uh, You're going to shell out, right? So if you're just going for non-park hopper tickets, it's not too bad. 104 to $154 with a price increase of anywhere from zero to $4. So not too terrible. Once you start going with that park hopper though, it starts at $154 and goes up to $209, $210 for a single day at Disneyland. Whoa. It's a price increase of five to $10. Even, even with such a small, so this is your, this is your kind of point of, you know, if you are a family of four, have one day and you want to hit up both parks you're interested in avengers academy and interested in galaxy's edge i mean that's 40 extra dollars it's a lot of money yeah it's a lot of money that's where it gets crazy so uh multi-day tickets are um a little more reasonable park hopper option is increased by five dollars once you get into multi-day so that puts the park hopper option at 55 dollars per park so two day increases by ten dollars to 235 dollars or 290 dollars for a park hopper three day increases by ten dollars to 310 dollars or 365 days for a park hopper four day increases by 15 dollars to $340 or $395 for the park hopper. And if five day increases by $20 to $360 or $415 for a park hop. Yeah. Well, I've always been a proponent. If you're going to go, uh, the three day, uh, tickets are kind of that sweet spot of where you're getting, 
you start to see like uh, a better price point of like you should get the three right uh personally i go for i was going for five because you definitely get more bang for your buck with the five sure and uh so i mean that was always my recommendation i think uh when i was talking to my my little sister about going i was like well usually i say you know go for three and uh you know she's like well you know i want to go for two ah you know <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i always tell people do the three uh that's when you start to see like you know the better deal definitely going for one day it's you know that's where you're like gambling with what you're going to, how much you're going to pay Yeah. now. You can't even like really budget it for it now. Cause you don't know until that day. I mean, you can kind of guess, but you can look, so they do have to their credit, I guess they do have those prices online. I won't explicitly say this is a tier three or a tier four, but if it's a tier five, it'll be at that maximum price. And if it's at a tier one, it'll be at the lowest price. So, I mean, at least it does make it easy when you're planning to kind of, um, kind of price compare but i mean you know it's like it's still it's you know you're at least i guess you'll know ahead of time how much uh you're going to be hurting i mean it, it, so it it almost seems like so we know that the makeup of disneyland in terms of its audience is pretty heavily locals right like it's something like i think over 50 percent of gate attendance is locals at disneyland california it's pretty heavy and so it seems like almost like if you're a local, because I, I remember going down and visiting my aunt that lived in LA. This is mostly when I was younger and mostly when I was at the park, it was because I was visiting my aunt down there. And so, I mean, she wasn't going to Disneyland pretty regularly. It made sense to just do single day tickets then. This was of course before California adventure, but um, still it was like, it seems like that's really difficult right now to do that. If you're thinking like, you know, uh, if you're going down to visit a family member that lives in the area, um, maybe they have an annual pass, but certainly you don't because you're not yeah. in the area. If you're going and you're kind of like a younger kid, chances are you're not going to miss school. So you're going during a vacation or you're going, you know, during some kind of time off of school, which is probably going to be peak. And, uh, and you're shelling out big, man. Well, I would Ooh. also like to see what uh, the numbers are now as far as locals versus uh, outside of local. Uh, just because now that we have Galaxy's Edge and then soon with the Avengers Campus opening up, I did notice that I, I do see uh, a bit more um, people like foreign uh, from out of United States uh, visiting, which I used to not see as readily. Definitely used to see a lot at uh, Universal Studios, but uh, and still do. But uh, I'm actually seeing more like foreign visitor visitors now at Disneyland, probably because of uh, Galaxy's Edge, which right. You can't uh, see outside of the U.S. Yeah, brings this, people in. Yeah, at this point. So, yeah. So that's bringing, I think, more outsiders in. But um, I still think it's pretty. I mean, it's it, it is. I still think it's pretty heavy. Like, it, oh, it really, no, really I, does seem like they're trying to shuffle in people 
that are like, Hey, if you're going to go for, I mean, by the time you do like three single day park hopper, you know, uh, tickets, like you're at a, you're at an annual pass <laughs> yeah. price for like a flex. Right. Or, I mean, really you're at that, you're at that price for, um, for the locals, $420. That's two peak park days, uh, park hopper days. Yeah. So, I mean, it really does seem like that's what they're pushing. And I mean, I guess that makes sense. If that works, they know their makeup more than anybody else. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's seemed, uh, you know, obviously the tagline going around on all of the media sites were like, is $210 too much for a Disneyland ticket? Seems like this, uh, and, and that it seems like that conversation happens pretty regularly. Like every time there's a price increase, there's that conversation of like, has it gotten too expensive? Uh, I don't expect that to be anytime soon. I think it, I, like, it, but does that even exist? I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly last summer was pretty soft in terms of their attendance. I don't know if the, certainly they don't feel like the price tick, the price of tickets was a major deterrent to that was the major factor of that. Um, I expect it probably wasn't right. Like yeah. it does, it does a couple of things. Like it keeps crowd levels low because you have, you know, certainly those people that are kind of turned off by the price increases. But, uh, but I mean, to your point, they've got so much new stuff opening up that it's like, really, if you're interested in Avengers Academy, is that $10 increase going to scare you off? Probably not. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess, it's going to be scary when they do hit that price point of like people turning away. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as people are going to pay it, they're going to keep going up. I had this conversation with my uh, little sister. She was like, well, you know, it's like big corporation, you know, prices. And then, you know, well, it's Disney is in it to make money, but, uh, you know, it makes a lot of people sad. And it's like, yeah, but they also make a lot of people like really happy. So, uh, I mean, I think there is certainly when you start going to like what, what you're saying, when you get into like the multi-day, um, you get into the multi-day tickets or even the annual pass holder tickets, there is an argument to be made that like the value that you're getting for it is pretty high because you could go to concert or you could go to a sports event and shell out hundreds of dollars easily. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like a three to five hour kind of event if you're really stretching it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for that price, you could do like a couple of days at a Disney park. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's more when you start factoring in food and all that kind of other stuff, but still it's like, uh, there is a, there is a value that I, I, I if you're going and you're going to spend that amount of money, you know, hopefully you've done that calculus in your head to determine is the cost worth the, uh, entertainment that I'm going to get out of it. And I think it, for most people and a lot of people, certainly the people that are going to pay this, I think you and I, <laughs> I would say it's, it's probably worth it. Like it would be a bummer to spend an extra $50 on that flex pass. But like, I mean, I'm going to get that $50 worth of value. I feel like by going like, maybe if I go an extra day. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good about that. Then I also think what happens is you get people starting to get a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more conscious of their spending. Yeah. So 
one, they're looking for discounts wherever they can find them. Two, they're maybe not spending as much in the park itself. Yeah. You know, hey, do I really need this churro for $6? Totally. So, I mean, it's... I mean, they they may make a, make money on that ticket, but then come like spending in the, the park, maybe park in park spending, maybe a little bit less. We'll see. I mean, that's true, man. Well, that is so. The other the other topic that I kind of wanted to get into, um, and this was a perfect segue. Excellent job, Henry Hall. Hmm. Um, is really talking about well, okay, so no matter what, if you want in the park. There is a set amount that you're going to spend. That amount is now increased. There's not much you can really do about that per se. But uh, there are certain things you can do um, kind of around your whole trip planning. And once you're in the park, that will help you take the sting out of all of this increases. Uh, So, you know, I wanted to kind of get into that because as we've kind of talked about before, we're both pretty big planners um, you certainly are, are the master strategist when it comes to Disney planning. Um, and is that a nice way of saying I'm cheap? No, no, man. <laughs> I am. Yeah, <laughs> but... well, you're that too. Uh, I, uh, I, I've seen your habits. I'm impressed and horrified at the same time, but I'm poor. <laughs> Let's start with you then, because you, uh, I know you've got good tips in terms of how to save some extra cash. Uh, once you're in the park, either to, like I said, take the sting out of price increases or just to really stretch your money out uh, as much as possible. I, I Certainly for me, a lot of what I'm going to talk about isn't anything new. It's stuff I was doing anyway because I'm always about kind of making my money go for as far as, as it can, especially in a Disney park where um, it goes fast. So like, what would you say is are your kind of top tips in terms of saving money at a Disney park? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it's really tough to find uh, discounts on tickets. Um, some of the things that uh, one of the ways I have seen and and definitely talking to my little sister, uh, a, a method is that uh, they do Disney does a military discount. Um, Typically, you buy your uh, tickets if you're in the military or know somebody in the military. Mm. Hint, hint. You may not be in the military, but you, like uh, my barber, he was a retired military, and he always offered up to buy tickets for us. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So, um, but yeah, you can go on base, uh, go to the BX, uh, and they do a fair, uh, a really good discount on tickets. I can't say speak to what that discount is uh, since I'm not, you know, privy to those numbers at this, especially with the increase. Yeah. I imagine there's been an increase in that price as well, but um, something to inquire about. Yes. It was, it was substantial though. Yeah. Uh, my, my little sister was going to buy her tickets through that. Yeah. So um, there's that. Uh, if you're like me, and you drive down something that a lot of people probably don't know about is that uh, along uh, South Harbor Boulevard, uh, there's a number of uh, hotels that will open up their parking. It's paid parking still, uh, but it's cheaper than parking at the Disneyland parking. It's usually uh, I've seen it, it around about 
$15 in some places. And you're Disneyland like, parking is like $25, right? I, that has not gone up. So I, okay. I do believe it is still $25. I thought the last time I saw it was $20, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's gone up since then, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a while since I I've parked there. So. Right. But uh, yeah, it's usually around like uh, $15 I've seen. Uh, and one you're on South Harbor, which is, pretty much right there. Uh, so it's not a long walk from the park itself. Uh, another thing that you get from it too, is that there's a number of restaurants you can walk past and you can get some food or coming or going, uh, which is nice, but yes, definitely save money parking at those hotels. Yeah. Parking Uh, is, it's expensive. I mean, regardless, it's one of those things like, unless you, and this is so something that you turned me on to, there are also some hotels on, right around or off of South Harbor uh, that offer free parking. If you're staying there, most of the hotels on Harbor itself, which is, which is the street that the entrance to Disneyland um, is on. Most of those hotels still charge like 15, 20, $25 to, to park. Yeah. Um, but there are, if you, if you, it's like, it's maybe like five minutes longer of a walk. If you stay at some of these other hotels that offer you free parking and usually I think when we were there last time, it was free parking on the day of check-in and the day of checkout. So even if you're staying one night, you get effectively two days of free parking. Right? Yes. Yes. That's so substantial. It is It is a good saving. Plus, you know, you don't have to deal with trying to get on your bus to take you to your car and then walking out and trying to find your car. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, that is a, a nice savings uh, another savings that, uh, a friend of mine, a coworker turned me on to, which, uh, kind of leads to the, you know, annual passes is that, um, you could buy, you know, multi-day tickets, but have one person get an annual pass. And then what you do at that point is that one person now has the ability to use that discount that uh, they float towards people for, you know, for merchandise and for food. So you just have that one person buying all your your food and your uh, merchandise. So you get that discount. Uh, I did something, you know, it was nice because uh, we went <laughs> and uh, me and my wife, we had just the five day pass, uh, five day tickets. Right. But then we were with her friend, uh, a friend in her, his, uh, her husband and they had annual passes. So when we went somewhere like, uh, to the Pandora store on, uh, in Disneyland, I had him, I gave him the money to have him buy stuff for me. Nice. Also, one of the, the tricks uh, with that is that if you're into the Pandora charms, it's one of the few ways you can actually get a discount on Pandora charms. Sure. Buying them in uh, in Disneyland because outside of Disneyland, I'm sure they do sales every now and then, but they're few and far between. Mm. Mm. And um, if uh, you use that same technique to save on parking, so like if I, yeah. I've, I know that families will have like. You know, if it's a four-person family, three people will be on the Flex Pass, and then one person will be on Signature Plus, which gets free parking. Yeah. So, um, so that's a way to save that money too. Again, like if you're going to the park enough, 
it can totally make sense to just have that one person on that signature plus, or I think there's a parking option as well, but, um, but you can always mix and match with all of that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it does, uh, benefit you to like, kind of do the math on like how much you're going to save, uh, by, especially when you have a large family, like people generally, like, even if you're like, you know, you go in and you, plan on not buying anything in the, in the park, you know, somebody's eventually going to like, I really want that churro. Yeah. I want that, uh, you know, so this, <laughs> this, this helps. Totally. So, and my wife always wants to have at least one, uh, <laughs> a, a new hoodie. Almost every time we go, we get some kind of hoodie like, uh, accessory. Uh, cool. Anything else? Uh, I mean, there's some other tips and tricks like uh if you have a bunch of like little ones with you uh especially if their ability to kind of like walk themselves and whatnot get them like a a little backpack and pack the pack snacks for them in their backpack yes uh ideally and one this is one of those things that i do suggest is like try to pack knots salty snacks right because salty snacks are going to make them thirstier so then you <laughs> you get them by you know if you get them like some chips and stuff now they want a soda that is going to run you a lot of money in, sure. in the in the park but uh you know uh pack them like the snacks that they like they get to be the holder of their snacks and stuff and uh because i had a friend when we were with our uh, our friends with the, they had a bunch of kids and dad was carrying the snacks. That was a big backpack <laughs> and her and their kids were 12, 13. They could have had their own backpack uh, full of snacks and stuff. And, you know, I think they're old enough to manage their own snacks for yeah. the day. No, but, totally. I take a very similar approach to you, but I break it down very, very specifically in terms of when, my planning starts and you probably do this as well, but it's like, I break down my saving strategy in how can I save in the planning phase? How can I save in the purchasing phase, which are tickets, hotels, whatever. And then how can I save when I'm actually in the park? And I usually have various different strategies that I've built up either kind of from going to Disneyland with you or talking to you or kind of uh, figuring out through just various different points of research or from even previously my old travel blogging days when I have kind of formulated various different strategies to generally save on uh, travel planning. And this is kind of just the general approach I take to all vacations, but it's especially important at Disney, figuring out what you're early on in the process when you say, okay, you know, we're going to go, we have a general time frame. start thinking about what do we absolutely, what, what must we absolutely do while we're at the parks? What are our must haves and what are our, Hey, it would be nice if we could do this. So it's like, if you're going to Disneyland and you know that you want to check out Avengers Academy and you know that you want to check out Galaxy's Edge, you're either going to have to, you know, from then, like you're going to have to either get a single day park hopper or you're going to stay multiple days. Start blocking all that kind of stuff out. That should give you an indication of exactly where you're going. Like, what would be nice? Oh, it would be nice if we stayed at um, the Grand California. But if we stay somewhere else that's a little bit less expensive, that's okay, too. 
those are the kind of decisions. Start to make that early on um, so that you can really drill down on like, what do you absolutely, what, what, what would you be really sad if you didn't have during your trip versus what would just be kind of cool, but you're not going to miss it otherwise. Be as flexible as possible. This is a huge one for Disney, especially because as we talked about, we have these various different tiers now, right? Tier one through five. If you have that flexibility to go on a tier one day as opposed to a tier five day, if you have that flexibility to go during the low season, try to plan out for the low season. If you have a flex, the flexibility to say, hey, I want to go on a Monday through Thursday as opposed to like a Friday through Tuesday, and you're there during the weekend, which is always pretty crazy to Disney Park, try to do that. So just try to remain as flexible as possible. Well, I think it also is good to like think about, too, is that if you're going to go during peak time, uh, you're going to be there. But your actual like time of enjoyment yeah. at the park is going to be a lot less if you go during a non an off peak day. So like, uh, I mean, you're looking at lines that are going to be, you know, hour long or more. Uh, for some of the just like basic rides, you know, the especially for Fantasyland, you're not going to have fast pass for the, a lot of those older rides. So you're talking at like sitting in a line for over an hour. You do for those rides four four hour four hour long rides. That's four hours out of your day. Yeah. So right. uh, you know, compared to you know sitting in like four. Uh, 20 minute lines, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, that's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, so that's something people should think about. Plus strollers, you're going to get less hits to the ankle oh, yeah. <laughs> from strollers. If you go on a, a non peak day, yeah. uh, it was, it, it has been a nightmare for me at one point. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, They've, they've, they've kind of clamped down on the size of strollers at least. So Yeah, it's not been so much the size of the strollers. It's been more because you get a the lot drivers. of drivers. Yeah. <laughs> the people driving them. People not paying attention to where they're going. They're fighting with their other kids and not looking. It's like, pay attention. If you're driving, if you're going to talk to them, stop. Right. <laughs> Don't keep going because you're not paying attention and then you run into my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. That makes sense. I, you know, just uh, just push them out of the way, Henry. You're you're a big dude. Surprisingly, I am the one who gets out of everybody else's way. You would oh. think it would be the other way around, uh, but for some reason, they aren't so much concerned about running into me. I'm more concerned about running into them. So you're a true gentleman. That's what it comes down to. Uh, I just don't want to. I, I believe the term is you're a Fairfield dandy. <laughs> uh, so along with kind of what we were saying in terms of when we were talking about max pass, but also like figure out exactly what you need and stick with buying that as opposed to what you think you might need or that you can buy later on down the road, um, and then just wait on it. So max pass, for instance, if you know that you're going on a crowded day, then you might need fax pass. It makes sense, but it's one of those purchases you can make at the park. So I know that they give you that option of purchasing fast pass when you're purchasing your tickets, I'm sorry, max pass when you purchase your tickets. 
always usually better to wait until the day of just to see what that park is going to, what the park crowd attendance is going to be and wait until you really know that you need it before doing that. Similarly, uh, and this is a thing at, uh, especially at Disney world, any of those kind of like really early morning access events or late night events that you have to pay for. Um, if you are somebody that doesn't want to wake up super early to go to the park. If the idea of waking up at 6 a.m. doesn't sound good to get on a bus and go to Magic Kingdom or somewhere else, um, or you feel like, you know, if you have that, if you book that later on in your trip where you're going to be exhausted from all that walking and, you know, the last thing you want to do is is uh, either miss it, that would be the worst, and, have, and you've just paid for it, or just really just you're dragging yourself throughout that entire experience and not enjoying it because you're so exhausted. Similarly, like dining, uh, dining expenses, um, fireworks packages, for instance, like oftentimes it's, it is the easy option to say, I'm going to book a fireworks package. Um, or a fan, uh, phantasmic package so that I know that I'm going to have excellent seating while I'm there. If you're on top of your game, if you're there and you and you book a fast pass for any of these shows, chances are you don't have to go and spend you know eighty dollars on a meal that is not necessarily what you want, or you're locked into something very specific. So really, be sure exactly what you feel like you definitely are going to use and only at least initially in that planning phase dedicate money towards that and then also if a good deal comes along don't wait on it because that'll i've done that that's something i have an issue with because i'm always kind of like well let's just wait maybe something will be better maybe my days aren't kind of locked in um you have a rate that's and sometimes i will spend a little bit more just to ensure that i have free cancellation on my rate Mm. um or just i always make sure that I kind of have a ticket that I can I can kind of um, move around a little bit. Southwest is great for uh, plane tickets for that because they don't charge you a cancellation fee. It just kind of goes into a credit bank that you can then reallocate during a different period. Um, any of those opportunities you have uh, are always great. But if you see a really good deal or if you have been waiting and waiting and waiting for like a special offer to come up at for your Disney package and it comes up, don't sit on it because it's going to be gone. You're really going to be mad at yourself and all of those savings in your head, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, man, I've, I've saved all this cash. I can start spending maybe on something else that I was really into. It's all going to be gone. You're, you're starting off on the, on a bad foot. Yeah. One of the other things that I've found too, is one of the reasons why the three day has been kind of a, at least a sweet spot for me is that, uh, a lot of the hotels in the area will actually give you an additional discount if you stay, uh, have a long stay, which is usually three days or more. So you get like a little additional like uh, discount if you do yeah. three, do- three days at their hotel. So Yeah, that makes sense. And so with that, when it comes to actually booking your uh, your Disney package and hotels and flights and everything like that, um, Part of the part of the area that I always start with is, you know, if I have my time frame when I know that I'm going to be in the park, start looking at any kind of special offers that are offered directly through Disney. So Disney World oftentimes has like a couple times a year anyway, they have free dining packages. So if you are lucky enough to and flexible enough to be able to book during the time frame that they have offer, that's 
free dining throughout your entire trip there. That's pretty clutch. Uh, right now, they've got a they've got a, um, a promotion that's being offered for anywhere from fifteen to twenty five percent off your hotel if you book directly through. Uh, their website, Disneyland oftentimes has stuff where it's like, you know, if you book a four day uh, or, or, you know, a multiple day kind of a, a package that they'll give you a pretty heavy discount. Um, so it's just always check those special offers directly through the parks first to make sure that um, you're your, uh, to make sure that you're not missing out on any offers because really my general rule with when it comes times to booking is you never want to pay full price for either your tickets or your hotel or any of that kind of stuff. Any money that you're going to spend in the parks, there's always some way of getting some kind of discount on it. Yeah. There's a, also the, there's a couple of sites that uh, sell tickets. Yes. I'm gonna, That's my next topic. Oh, okay. Well, you're on I it, man. I won't, I won't step on your, uh, your thunder. Oh, no, please, man. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There are uh, a few different ways of getting discount Disney tickets. So, um, for booking my uh, my upcoming trip to Disney World, I uh, I go I went through UndercoverTourist.com. It's a yes. company that I've used before to book Disneyland. They usually offer some of the best discounts that you can find. The best part about them um, is that it's what you when you actually make the purchase, your e ticket is just like a normal Disney ticket. You can input it into either your My Disney Experience uh, app if you're at Disney World, or you just add it to your um, your ticket book in the Disneyland app. Uh, and it automatically shows up, and it's just like any other kind of Disney ticket. And as an extra bonus, and this is what I did when I went to Disneyland in January and got my annual pass, you can also uh, you can also bridge the cost that you spent on that ticket towards an annual pass and the value that you get for that ticket isn't the discounted fare. It's the full Disney fare. So I ended up, uh, I think I saved like 25 or $30 on my three day park hopper ticket. Um, that 25 to $30 savings. In addition to those three days that I spent at Disneyland were also applied to my annual pass because of that savings. So there are a couple of other um, uh, places that do that too. Getaway Today is another site that offers discount uh, tickets. Uh, AAA has that as well. I think Costco sells um, packages. So they used to sell kind of like, you know, individual tickets and hotel deals. Now it's kind of like all packages, but if it works for you and it makes sense and you can kind of find a deal that fits into exactly what you are going for, psh, take advantage of it because it makes total sense. Especially if you can bundle as much of those options as possible to get those maximized savings. Uh, and give you also that extra um, convenience. Psh, take advantage of that, man. I'm I'm all about convenience. Yeah, and like uh, to Costco, or I should say, in the case of like Sam's Club, you can actually buy like uh, Disney gift cards there, and you get a little bit of a discount off of it. But I mean, you get full value when you're in the park, so that's you know a nice way uh, you can get some some savings off. Uh, I know there's also kind of a trick with um, with Target yeah. doing kind of the same thing. Target Red, yeah. Yeah, you get uh, you buy the gift cards and you get a little cash back from it. So Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I do that exactly what you're talking about with Sam's Club for gift cards. Once you're in the park, so 
uh, Disney gift cards are super valuable and also convenient in that you can use them for booking your hotels. You can use them for booking and, and holding experiences. You can, once you're in the park, you can pay for just about everything. Uh, Sam's Club is a great option for that. I use BJ's as well. Um, it, depending on how much the value of the gift card is, it's going to scale your savings. So if you're buying like a really, you know, like a $25 gift card, you're probably only going to save a couple bucks. But, uh, if you go all the way up to like a $500 gift card, you save like $30. So totally not unheard of to spend $500 once you're in the park between food and, and, and your hotel booking and everything. Like it's, pretty easy to get that $500, even if you just use it for hotels. But again, you can get a couple of those $500 gift cards. You save $60 just right off the bat before you even get in. Don't even have to do any of these other tips. You're you're already in good shape. And remember, churros are expensive. That's right. You spend $60 on churros, easy. So along with that, so looking for those other opportunities to, to save, um, I go through, especially if I'm planning on staying on site. So to your, to kind of what we were talking about earlier, Disneyland, much easier to stay off site. You can stay on Harbor. You can stay off one of those side streets as well. You're going to immediately get some ridiculous savings. You can, you know, if you book early enough, even during peak season, you could oftentimes find that like $120 to $150 rate. If it's the off season, you can get pretty close to $100 a night at some of these hotels. Um, and you know, it's certainly not like the lap of luxury that you're living in, but uh, you're, you're going to the park. It's really just a place for you to fall asleep at night or get free parking or get what other, uh, you know, sometimes you get coffee. Um, you know, so it totally makes sense to, to take advantage of that little different at Disney world where really it makes the most sense to stay on site. Not only uh, are you closer to the action, but you get that 60 day plus, uh, 60 day fast pass plus, um, window that opens up to you. But the thing is you don't have to book directly through Disney's website. So, uh, for my hotel, I booked through hotels.com. Uh, my rate was pretty comparable to what you would get if you got it through the normal website. But the great thing about places like hotels.com is that they have their own rewards program. So it's every 10 nights that you stay booked through through a hotels.com, you basically get the average value of what you spent over those 10 nights to spend on uh, your next hotel property. So super valuable there. Again, like I'm spending six nights at a... Um, at a Disney resort hotel, Pop Century. And so that value for those six nights gets averaged out. And four more nights at any hotel, you immediately get a free night, essentially. And so with that, even if you're not able to find great discounts through uh, Disney or through Hotels.com, like we said, you you have the, the gift cards option. Um, at the very least, though, put it on a credit card that's going to give you the best kind of value possible. So if credit cards out there that give you cash back value, that's certainly great. You have credit cards out there that will give you kind of either airline miles or points. That's great. Um, But like I said, at the very least, put it on something that you're getting some value back. Well, one of the things that we did once was uh, my wife, uh, actually signed up for the Disney credit card. Yes, this is a good one too. Yeah, and uh, and it was like uh, the deal was like you if you 
charged like $500 within the first three months, I believe it was, you got like a $250 or something. It was like some amount of in the 250. And then if you put like, and she put me on the card and that gave us like another $50. We wound up, we wound up getting like a gift card for Disney worth i guess around 250 300 i think after nice. going all through that Dude. so it was like sure that's legit <laughs> and we were gonna spend that anyways plus uh using that credit card in the park gives you an extra like discount yeah and i think actually they have uh if you're a pin collector they do special pins that are only available to people who have that visa totally so, and I, th- I think it also there's um at certain points, I think it's not guaranteed for each day, but they do have like special meet and greet events and certain things that they'll alert you of once you check into the park, if you have that credit card already in your Disney app. Um, so yeah, there's tons. If, if, uh, if that is where, you know, you're putting a lot of spend on, then it totally makes sense to take advantage of that card. Yeah. And, and ever since then she uses that credit card for whatever, cause she still gets, you know, uh, money and she'll get a gift card every so often. Uh, so she, and she likes her like little Tinkerbell, uh, credit card. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> of course my credit card has Tinkerbell on it as well, but, oh. but I'm mad enough to, to use a Tinkerbell credit card. There you go. Personally, I wanted the, the, the friends, which was, you know, <laughs> Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. It is very glittery and uh, and stands out, you know, as would be expected. So let's say you've gone through the process of planning. You've you've aced the planning aspect of this. You've you've found the perfect time to go where it's going to be less expensive. You totally nailed your booking process. You've saved all those kinds of dollars and cents that you can through these various techniques. Once you're actually in the park. Like we said, you could take advantage of those gift cards once you're there. Definitely do that. You could also, like you were saying, Henry, bring in your own snacks. Take advantage of the fact that really they're pretty open with you bringing in your own food, even bringing in your own water bottle and drinks as long as it's sealed. Uh, you know, don't fall into the trap, as we were alluding to earlier. Don't fall into the trap of paying for water bottles at Disney. It's something like almost mm-hmm. $5 at certain points. I think it's like, what is it? Four twenty-five, four fifty, or something like that for a bottle of water. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And uh, so, bring an empty water bottle at the very least. And you know, there are bo- water bottle f- refill stations throughout the park at various points. Um, a couple at Disneyland, more at Disney World. But you're right. Yeah. But even still, like just fill. You could Galaxy's Edge has the water bottle stations, but uh, you can you can still ask. Topia for, has one too. Yeah, oh, they, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could ask for water, and they'll give it to you. Yep. So. Exactly. Don't pay for the water bottles. Um, as 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 if you really want to ace bringing in your own snacks too, and you want to you want to maximize your convenience um, at Disney World. If you're staying at one of the properties, you can go through Amazon Prime Now or Instacart and actually get groceries delivered directly to your resort. Uh, the way to really ace this is as you're getting off of your airplane order for that time frame for when you're actually going to arrive. So you arrive to your hotel. Um, sometimes the hotel charges you if you want to bring it directly to your room. Other times you can just pick it up from the front desk, but all of the stuff that you ordered will be there. So if you have to have a water bottle, 
Uh, you can get a huge crate of water bottles for, you know, nothing. Uh, you can get all of your snacks. You can get sandwich fixings, all of that kind of stuff. Um, delivered right to your hotel room, you're going to spend significantly less than what you normally would. Uh, and all you need to do is just input the address and just have it delivered. Yeah. It'll be there. I always, uh, I always bring, uh, room snacks, uh, cause, yeah. cause people like, you know, you think about like what you can eat when you're at the park, Well, you can eat when you get back to your hotel room, Yeah, you can easily like buy stuff at the hotel. That's going to cost you more uh so i always bring like some room snacks uh and uh, room drinks and then uh you know one thing that i haven't looked into um but we saw it the other day uh, last time we were there but supposedly there's like um around the lockers area in disneyland i think they even have like um a big locker area for um for coolers Oh, really? Because they have kind of like a little picnic area over there. Uh, and I think my wife was telling me that's like for like schools and stuff. But I mean, I we haven't looked into it ourselves. But I mean, that seems like we got to confirm that. Well, maybe the next episode or two, we've got to confirm that because that is that is a fantastic tip. If that's the case. I love that idea. Uh, what is your top room snack? I'm, you, you, I'm very curious about this idea. Uh, well, for me and my wife, it's like Cheetos. Mm. Uh, usually we get like some kind of Cheetos. Uh, and of course these are all salty snacks. (laughs) Cheetos. You wait for those until you get back to your room. Yes. Not in the park. And then, uh, yeah, usually I get some kind of like, uh, like teriyaki sticks. Right. So, uh, and then I bring my own, uh, soda, Oh, one of the things that I love to do, uh, I can't quite do that anymore, but I would get like, uh, go to Sam's club, get like a, a case of the Arizona teas. Oh yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, the green teas. There's like <laughs> 24 of them for 10 bucks. Right. That's like less than 50 cents a, yep. a bottle. Just empty them out into the bathtub, hop right in. <laughs> Maybe not that, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit on my hand. <laughs> she knows an Arizona tea bath. Oh, yeah. That is uh, that is the room snack of champions. You're ready to go. Um, and then so it just, just kind of rounding out the once you're in the park for savings on food, uh, a little known fact is that you can actually ask not uh, for them not to include your side. So oftentimes because Disney is, you know, uh, they're trying to – at least appear on the outside a little more uh, healthy, you can get your corn dog that normally has like a side of apple slices or something like that. You can tell them, I don't want the apple slices. And they'll oftentimes knock off the price. Hmm. Won't be a ton. It'll be like, you know, 50, 60 cents, maybe a dollar. But still, like, again, like if you're just doing that, if you're regularly eating at the park and not including those sides, that'll add up over time. The other one that's uh, relatively... I feel like it's pretty obvious, but if you look at most of the table surfaces and sometimes it totally makes sense, you know, if if you, there's one of those really special table services, blue Bayou, I know is one of your favorite ones, right? Oh yeah. Uh, If you're, if you absolutely have to go there, that is part of your must do list. Um, Check the menu online. Usually in the Disney app, they'll give you the menu. They'll give you the prices, Make a reservation for lunchtime because oftentimes those prices are, are 
tangibly cheaper during lunch than they are dinner time. Dinner prices start going up. You're going to pay for it. You get the exact same meal. You have the exact same experience at lunchtime. And if you're on the ball, you're planning ahead, you won't have any problem getting that reservation. Actually, it's easier to get in the reservation for lunch than it is for dinner. There you go. Good tip. <laughs> also, like uh, if there's certain dishes that you want, you might be able to get it at one of the other restaurants as well. Yes, this so, is true. So like uh, if you are a fan of the gumbo, you can get that at Blue Bayou, but you can also get it at uh, the, uh, the French market. Yeah. Well, no. It's that uh, the one that sell, sells the bowls right outside. It's it's like a walk up service. Oh, it's uh. Sh- While you're looking that up, I'll finish. So the uh, so my last point is, uh, you can totally go to one of these places that serves massive portions, right? And uh, oftentimes you can just yeah, the portions are large enough that you could split between two people, especially if it's a warmer day. Maybe your uh, your your appetite isn't exactly killing it right now. But uh, but two examples: Disneyland, those sourdough bread bowls, like you were talking about, um, either in Disneyland or DCA. Oftentimes that is like it's a car bomb, right? You get the soup. Plus that big bread bowl, easy to split between two people. My wife and I have done it before. It's the way to go. Um, yeah, the Monte Cristo, uh, my wife and I always uh, share that. Yes. Monte Cristo is a perfect example. So it's Royal Street Veranda. Yes. Got it. That's right. I mean, it was tough for us when uh, when Cafe Orleans had the muffaletta along with the uh Sandwich, the Monte Cristo, yeah, dude. They why did they take that off? I don't know. I'm I miss it so dearly, but we would both me and my wife would uh, I would order the muffaletta, she would order the Monte Cristo, and then we would share half with each other. So we both had a half of, and it was it was a it was a lot, but uh, it was so good. (laughs) Cafe Orleans is a gamer. We should we could do a whole episode on Cafe Orleans, but that is another time. Let's wrap it up. How did, what do you think? Unless there was something else. Was there anything else you thought of? No, I think that's, I think that's the, the high points of, of the savings. I mean, there's, there's definitely always, there's these other areas that you can always save at. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. That is very good point. So this is kind of our initial uh, stab at savings. This is kind of what my, go-tos usually are. Uh, It always amazes me when I talk to people. I mean, your stuff right here uh, that you talked about is uh, uh, stuff that I oftentimes don't even think about, the parking situation, not something I oftentimes think about. Uh, I've definitely been stung by that $25 hotel parking, and uh, and it hurts so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it can be tough to try and save money in the park and stuff. And, you know, definitely the tickets are hurt. Um, but you look outside the park is where you can kind of find your savings at, you know, don't forget there's restaurants right out, right across the way that you can actually save money in. And, you know, uh, sometimes it's better to go to that subway that's open 24 hours a day. on Oh the yeah. <laughs> Get those Tony Roma ribs, man. Whoa. <laughs> That just about does it for today. 
Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week.